Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Rogue Chronicles, where today we are going to look at one of the greatest comic book villains of all time, the Joker. And joining me today talking about Jokers is, as always, Liam Hall. Hello, Liam. My boy, my boy, my boy. It's so good to be here. Just just you and I, just the two of us. No, no, we have a very... We have a very special guest today, Reese Saunders. Hello, Reese. Hello, Carl. How are you? Liam, a a pleasure as always to not see you. How are you? Well, I'm very well. Thank you very much. I'm I'm glad you're okay, Carl. Liam, I don't care. (laughs) I I, I was very happy. (laughs) Oh, was you? Yeah. Yeah, what happened? You know what? Yeah. What happened to you? Oh, wow, we're going there now. Okay, all right, cool. All right. <laughs> so, we'll uh, start off with West Brom. Oh, wait, shit, no, wrong wrong podcast. <laughs> oh, man. You can't, no, you carry on with this West Brom shit, yeah, and I'll do Elmo for the whole podcast. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, it was the only match that, you know, happened, so it's all I had to go with for my, for my little joke. Um, but no, no, the, he's... The Joker, your favourite villain you were telling me the other day, Reese. So what does the Joker mean to you? He is probably out of every supervillain that you've come across, the most relatable. The fact that he he mocked, uh, going with the killing joke, my favourite comic book, he says that everyone's one day away from being like him. And it's it's true. It is true. I mean, you look at look at the, the Joker film that came out about it and and everything to, to, to associate with the Joker. It's it's incredible how relatable he is. I think that's why I like him. Yeah, and it's almost like you, your superheroes uh, a step or two away from becoming the Joker as well. He's almost he's almost like a a reflection of Batman himself in a way of what he of what he could have been. Yeah, I agree with that. He's he's Batman. Unhinged. No, mm. I'd like to say because I mean, when he says to Batman uh, in a, a game, Arkham Knight, we're two peas in a pod. Um, we're in a ga- another game as well. We're we're two of the same stitch, and they are. They're really similar. It's just that Joker, as I said, is the unhinged version of Batman. Um, and Liam, your your thoughts. Yeah, he's he's a very he's a very um, interesting character. You know, he, he, in some ways he's quite relatable. Well, he's relatable for most people. Uh, he's he's not rich like me, so he's not completely relatable. But um, <laughs> but no, but, I mean, there's something very intriguing about him. I feel like every kind of something very unique about him. Every kind of imi- like you know imitation of the Joker. Every kind of new version kind of reflects society at the time and kind of what they're dealing with. And I feel like it kind of each different portrayal kind of goes off different kind of ideas. It is a very, he's a very fascinating character. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And unlike a lot of uh, villains you see in comic books, like um, say Magneto, for instance, he, he's not, he's not got any sort of good intentions either. He's not, 
he's 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 not sort of doing something in a misguided way. He's he's evil almost for the sake of being evil, isn't he? He's he's just um, completely he's just completely unhinged. Well, but I mean, I mean, he, but then again, like it, it, you know, for him, it, it, I mean, it depends on the character. But sometimes anarchy is for a lot of people. Anarchy is probably the, the way to run things. And you know, if you're not happy, you know, you have to kind of you know, fight for kind of what you believe is right. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think he's doing it for any sort of uh, uh as you say, fight for what he believes is right. He's, he's just causing chaos for chaos sake. Well that's how I look at him anyway. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean you look at it in in the dark night, he puts it perfectly. He does he look like a guy with a plan. He, he says he he, he just says oh he's just a, a dog chasing a car he wouldn't know what to do when he got his hands on one and I think that's perfect about him he's he's, he's not one of these meticulous villains he's not one of these villains that thinks exactly he basically just does it and it's um, I will do what the craziest thing is the only time I've actually seen him plan something was a killing joke where he uh, kidnapped uh, Jim Gordon and you know he shot his daughter in the spine and tried to break him that way that was planned. And it very nearly worked, but it was a different side to the Joker. Because basically, basically, let's be honest, that's what he, he's a psychopath with a warped and sadistic sense of humour. Yeah, mm. pretty much. And yeah, I, and also I think um, Michael Caine's uh, Alfred put it well as well when he said, some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Which... Mm. It feels like it sums up bad Joker pretty perfectly. Mm. That's the thing. You look at it as, as you put put touch on earlier. Though each incarnation of the Joker has been really different. I mean, um, I think we'll start with the man who played him first. I mean, you look at what Cesar uh, Cesar Romero played in the sixties. He was a goofy prankster. Yeah, they yeah uh, they took a very light-hearted and sort of campy approach to the to the whole Batman aesthetic altogether for that series. I suppose they probably had to to get it by the all the centers and that that were about in the 60s and and what have you so yeah he, he did he played a very sort of very sort of light-hearted camp joker I, I, mm. it, it was 60s in the 60s that was perfect that mm. was i mean you, you look at it when he when he, the joker debuted in the uh, cuz he debuted in the 40s and the 50s in the comics and he, yeah 1940 <laughs> Yeah, in a comic, he was just he was portrayed as a goofy uh, prankster, nothing like what he became, like a mastermind and, and an all-out evil bastard. He was just there to take the basically take the piss out the uh, out the Batman. And I mean, not many people know this, but Joker wasn't originally planned to have this long of a, a lifespan in terms of comic books. He was supposed to die pretty quickly. But what? I know I told you this before, but Liam, you just ruined it. Just behave, but, um, Sorry. <laughs> And because of popular demand and how well that character was per- perceived at that time, it, it's endured and it's evolved and grew and it's become this phenomenon that it is. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I don't think I've told you. I have two Joker tattoos on my body. Oh, right. Um, no, I'm not sure you have, actually. And I don't say it's weird. Let's say, oh, why not get Batman or anything like that? But no, I, I connect more with the Joker than I do with Batman. That might say something about me. So, you know, it might see in the news. I start war, I start like declaring war on Birmingham and I start doing anarchist things. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> people, you've been warned. Liam and Carl were the people that found out first to didn't tell anybody. But um, <laughs> that's what it is. I, I, I just connect with him more than I do Batman. Batman, for me, is a bit, he's a bit boring. He's a bit safe, a bit clinical. Whereas Joker is just mayhem. And I love it. 
Yeah, I think a lot of superheroes are only as good as their villains, to be quite honest. And the most popular villains, uh, most popular superheroes don't have the most popular and enduring villains to go with them. Mm. I mean, you look at it, yeah. It's the only downside with uh, the DC universe is they haven't the, the DC uh, DC use of the DC cinema universe is they haven't had a great film. Whereas MCU's had great films, but then can you name Iron Man's greatest villain? It's no. Can you name Captain America's? No. It's like it's it's what makes a Joker and Batman special is mm. they don't they don't need a movie. I mean, they had a movie. They've had two movies together, but. They don't need a whole franchise to build things. Everyone knows that Joker is Batman's main villain. Yeah, precisely. Mm. Yeah, I, when you kind of touched on it with like Caesar Romero, I feel like is Adam West is the Batman, isn't he? Yeah. I, I feel like those the kind of you know the relationship between those two, they, they, they do kind of. I feel like they match each other very well. They. They're kind of both very camp, but like they are very different people at the same time. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that, that was the 60s. You, you can disagree. <laughs> no, no, mate. So I was having a drink, sorry. No, that is the 60s in a nutshell, though, how they were together. That, I mean, let's be honest, if that debuted now, would that go, would that go over as well as he, he did in the 60s? Probably not. Mm. No, it wouldn't work nowadays at all. And um, and a, a little fun fact: he wasn't shave his moustache off for the role, so they had to do the makeup over his moustache. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that's really funny. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh. But yeah, and then that takes us to um, Jack Nicholson's performance of the Joker in the first ever Batman film back in 1989. A very sort of lauded performance at the time. Do you do you think it's held up? Yeah, oh, I think it has. I think it was incredible. Um, I mean, it it was a different Joker. So it wasn't the Joker that was, um, that we got used to in the in the sixties or stuff like. That. It was, and also it wasn't a contemporary Joker because he was a mobster, wasn't he? In this film, I'm right in saying he was a mobster, and what they did was they built on the um, Red Hood. I think. The, yeah, the, which is the um, the the character that was apparently the Joker's alias in the Dar in the uh, the Killing Joke, which is a fantastic comic written by Alan Moore and Brian Bollard, uh, Bolland, absolutely incredible, and it gave the Joker a backstory because the thing with the Joker is uh, what works about is we still don't know who he is, we don't know his background, we don't know anything about him, and I think that's why he is so fucking amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, there's always this um, <clears throat> this temptation when they're doing these big box office films to give every villain um, an origin story, and, and some for some villains it gets quite convoluted, and I don't always think it's necessary. I don't care how the Sandman became the Sandman. You know, he, he's he's just the Sandman. He's there, and um, yeah, that, that that temptation was there again with the with the Joker in this film. I think they uh, sort of changed some of the backstory and made him the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents as well, if I if I remember correctly in that film as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was because he was named. He was he was Jack Napier in this. Yeah. So he was, uh, uh, he, was a, he was a 
gang. He was second in command to Carl Grissom, who is the mob boss, big mob boss in here. And so Jack Napier goes into raid Axis Chemicals, um, but he doesn't know it's an ambush. And then inadvertently in this one, which I think is really good, is Batman created the Joker. Yeah. He pushed him into the vat of acid, and everyone thinks that Napier's dead, and Batman's killed somebody. Oh, shock, horror. But then the quintessential Joker comes out with the chalk, chalk white skin, the green hair, the grin that's just fixed in place. And he, he drives him insane, and then he goes on this rampage in a film where he kills Grissom. But I think with this one, it's more subtle how he, how he goes about his business. He's not out there. He's... He, he, he's in the background, and then he starts coming forward with the things he starts when he starts killing. I see when he kills Grissom for revenge and stuff like that. Hmm. I I feel like the I feel like the way the kind of the characterization of this kind of joke. I feel like it's a very it's a very interesting mix between like the, the kind of sixties and then kind of a bit more kind of darker. If it was very Tim Burton, which I mean it makes sense as Tim Burton kind of you know he he directed the thing. But it feels it feels very much like what you would expect from a film at the time. I mean, one of the other actors who was considered for this role was Tim Curry, who um, played Pennywise in it. And you can kind of see a similar kind of chaotic energy between those two. Do, do you know they originally wanted Bill Murray as Batman? Yeah, I heard that. And, and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> that, that's one I've not heard, actually. Yeah, they wanted Bill Murray as Batman, Eddie Murphy as Robin. Uh, Robin, and there was nine rewrites performed by nine separate writers for this film. Uh, I couldn't yeah, imagine Eddie Murphy crazy. as uh, as Robin. But there's no, some really I... weird casting choices in this film. Well, mean, if, Robin even back then, he wasn't well. that young. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but another another great thing about this is they they gave they they made Jack Nicholson the most uh, gave him the most made him the richest actor at that point for a role uh, basically just get him in there because he, he didn't want to do it um to begin with and then he did it yeah the, the <laughs> stuff he kind of demanded for it sounds a bit crazy i mean he it sounds like he did very little in terms of actually being on set yeah that's why michael keaton didn't do a third film because he found out that jack Nicholson got paid so much more than him and it pissed him off <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you know? Do you want to know how much Nicholson made altogether counting royalties? Do you want to give me? Do you want to take a guess at the ballpark? Oh, I wouldn't like to try and guess, to be honest. Twenty million. You so far off. More. Jack Nicholson. Uh, so, uh, biographer uh, Mark Elliott um, report that Nicholson may have received as much as ninety million dollars. Oh wow! Oh, Jesus. Um, and also, uh, Jack Nicholson also demanded top billion and all promotional materials. So basically, Jack Nicholson had to be front and center, um, which is incredible. But people that were named out, but yes, as Liam said, Tim Curry was there. David Bowie was mentioned. Uh, John Lithgow, Ray Liotta, and James Woods were all considered for the Joker. But one man at that time could have played the Joker, and that's and a man who I think should have played the Joker at one point in his career, a Willem Dafoe. Yeah, you can you, you can definitely kind of see that. It was something I, I'm reading Wikipedia. Someone, another person who kind of like hot, like pops out was Robin Robin Williams. I would have loved to see him kind of his kind of take on the role as well. I think Robin I think Robin Williams would have been a really good Riddler, not a good Joker. I can see him doing. I I, I think he'd be good at both. I mean, Riddler and Joker kind of have a lot in common in some ways, in terms terms of their characterization. You, you need a lot of room for maneuvering with that. I hate the Riddler. 
he's so fucking pointless. I mean, oh, he's a shit idea, but you know what? It's kind of fun. It, I mean, that's a, it. Was it was the goofy time when he was created, and then it, I don't know how you can make Riddler serious nowadays because he's an absolute weasel. Mm, but looking at the trailer for the new new film, though, um, it look it sort of looks like a more serious take on the Riddler from what I can see in the trailer. So um, it'd be interesting to see what direction that goes in. I mean, I tell you one point. I, I would love to see David Tennant play the Riddler. Yeah, that'd be quite interesting. Yeah, I think that'd be a good. I think that would be a good thing. But back, back to the Joker. We don't want to talk about Riddler. He's an idiot. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so, so, Carl, who, who's who's the next Joker that we're going to be looking at? Uh, I think the next one uh, is probably Heath Ledger to play to play him on film, or if you want to go to the cartoons, um, which were launched in 92, I believe, early 90s. Uh, you're talking Mark Hamill, who had an amazing, um, gave the joke an amazing voice um, in the cartoons. Mm. I mean, it's quite easy for actors to, to phone those sort of performances in, but Hamill really did give a, a proper performance to the Joker. Hamill, you agree? Hamill reinvigorated the Joker. I think that's what he. I think he gave. He was a perfect person to give the Joker that personality and that presence on TV in an animated um, capacity. But Mark Hamill's crowning glory as the Joker is the Arkham trilogy, the Arkham game trilogy. Ooh, it's it's, it's yeah, that's a good chance. I mean, you look at it. I mean, I I, I was playing Arkham um, Arkham Asylum the other day, and I haven't played that game since two thousand and nine. And just hearing Mark Hamill's voice as the Joker again, he he takes he brings back memories, he, and I couldn't stop smiling the whole way through, and just listening to listen to the, what he brings to it, and it is just incredible. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a fantastic voice actor. I mean, him in like Mask of the Phantasm is brilliant as well. He, he um, he's there's hmm. something about his voice which just is so kind of perfect for that role. If you didn't credit, if you didn't credit Mark Hamill, I don't think you'd know it was him either. To be honest, that's that's how that's how good the performance is in my mind. See, I don't know, I don't know because if you listen to him speak normally and you close your eyes and some of the things he says, he, 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 you can hear the Joker. So I was, I mean, when it, when it, I was watching Big Bang Theory and he's on that, obviously he does Sheldon's Wedding, but. Listening, I was listening to some of it, and I could, you could hear the joke, just just little little hints of the Joker, which is just it's incredible. It's it's his normal voice. <laughs> it's weird how his voice has changed over time. It's, it's very um, because it, I mean, you, you look at that original trilogy, and he sounds so completely different to like what he is in the Batman films, or, or even like the you know the the sequel tri- trilogy. It's oh, very strange how it's changed. I don't want to talk about them because they make me depressed. <laughs> 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 but I, I but think that, but I mean, I don't know what he just brings. He, he, for me, he is my favorite Joker in all of the things he's done. As I said, the Arkham games are just absolutely brilliant. They are really good, especially the first two. I, I've not played the the third or the um, the Arkham Knight one. Uh, Origins, I see. Origins gets a lot of crap, but it's, it's, I, I really like it. The only downside is there's no Mark, Mark Hamill's not the Joker. Mm. 
and but Arkham Knight he comes back and you just you can see the relationship between him and the Arkham Knight. It's perfect. If you, you want to learn, if you want to learn about Batman and Joker, in that you watched, you play that game. Yeah, I totally agree. You really get the sense that yeah, it's almost like you can't have one without the other, almost. And he sort of even alludes to that in um, the Dark Knight, which we'll, we'll get to in a, in a moment or two. I mean, before we go to film, can we just talk about how much of a bastard he is, though? I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. The Joker is an absolute horror. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you mean Mark Hamill? <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you look, look. I mean, the perfect example of seeing how horrible Joker is is his treatment of Harley Quinn. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, he's never really a particularly nice guy, even besides that. But yeah, he's he's not um, he's not a very loving person, that's for sure. I mean, you, you look you look at with this Harley Quinn. It is an abusive relationship. I think that's the best way you can put it. It is an abusive relationship. He he, when she was a Harley Quinzel, he manipulated her. He broke her. He he made her do things for him that no certain per, same person would do. And it's a really he's I want to say he's really intelligent. How we can do that to people. No, he's definitely an intelligent individual. The Joker. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And, and I think that's what it is. I think because he, he's really good at manipulation. Mm. He, mm. I, I said what he did to Harley Quinn, and uh, what I said we'll get to the Dark Knight in a minute. But what he did to Harvey Dent in that as well, and Batman when he manipulated Batman and everybody it was honestly. It's, it's re- I said really sick, but it's really incredible to see how his mind works. His mind is definitely his most dangerous weapon. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, I think that's kind of the best thing about it. I mean, a lot of like Batman villains, you know, they're all kind of humans when you boil it down. They're just... They're, they're, they excel at something. Yeah, well, Batman's only human at the end of the day. He's got no superpowers apart from his, his money and his gadgets. So you can't really give him a rogues gallery that are super-powered because it would be a bit unfair. So, yeah, most of them are, are just humans that are maybe highly intelligent or have maybe put some strengthening serum into their veins like, like Bane has. Mm, I agree with that. But where's the, the, the where's as Liam put Polo, I think Joker's main weapon is his mind. Oh, definitely, and, yeah. And he's and he's basically he's just his ability to not give a fuck about people, <laughs> which I think's brilliant. Mm. I mean, I mean, if I could t- if I could just touch quickly on um, what he did to Jason Todd. Yeah, we were going to get to that eventually. So oh, no, no, okay, no, okay, no, uh, well, no, well, no, 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 that's it. Right, might as well touch on it now. You've brought him up. I mean, you look at you mean you look at it in Death in the Family, fantastic comic book, uh, where he, he, he basically Jason Todd goes his revenge revenge mission, and Joker just kills him. there's no remorse out. Just he kills a 15 year old child, mm. <laughs> and it breaks Batman to the point where Batman. Wants to kill him. And it's the first time you see that dark side come out in Batman. Well, that, that's something that Joker's always like kind of strived to kind of do, isn't he? He's, he's always kind of strived to make, you know, Batman basically come over to Joker's side. To, to break his one real even though he's broken it like many a time. 
you know, he wants him to kill. He wants him to kind of. He wants him to. He wants him to snap over like Harvey. Um, like um, I was gonna say Harvey Barnes, like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's, he's with me on Niles Barkley in on territory here. Do you know I keep calling him Niles Barkley every time we play FIFA now? <laughs> oh, God. But, you know, he, he wants Harvey Barnes to snap and just kind of. You know, and Harvey Barnes <laughs> turns into Two Face. You know, that's how, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. But. I, 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 I mean, you imagine that. Yeah, some people would shy away from killing a fifteen-year-old child, bro. And, and it, let's be honest, it's an absolutely violent death. He, he beats him. With, he beats him with a crowbar and then blows him up. Yeah, it's it's pretty horrific. Um, the, the two probably worst things he's done is um, uh, Todd and um, paralyzing Barbara Gordon. Yeah, the Bar- the Barbara Gordon one just it, it, it came out of nowhere, and that, that, that's, a, that's a bit. Um, that, that's a very gruesome one. I think it it showed that he's willing to do whatever is necessary to break people. Something that's um, also very creepy about him. He's also very predatory in that as well, which is is very uncomfortable. Do, do you know Do you know the image of him taking a picture? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got that tattooed on my leg. <laughs> So, lads, if you hear something about Reese in a few years' time, I think you know why. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's a front cover for the book, so you know that's why I've got it. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Oh, I, I've read that comic so many times, and each time I read it, I'm, I, I love it, and I'm, I'm invested into it, and I can't. Yeah, I, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's um, such an intriguing story, and yeah, there, there doesn't seem to be any limit to what the Joker's capable of. Mm. He's kind of he's only limited by his own warped imagination, basically. Yeah, I know. I agree. I mean, yeah, I, I another thing about him as well is he hasn't changed at all throughout the whole thing he's always he I mean, you look at some I mean, you look at some villains i mean look at lex luther lex luther's now good he's he helps superman now which is just weird and does he yeah lex luther lex luther for a bit helps superman all right but you look at joke joke has never been good joke has always been evil i mean one of my favorite joker bits it's when he tricks God into giving him giving him ninety nine point nine percent of his power. <laughs> and, uh, of course he does. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's, he's, he becomes Emperor Joker, and he says he wants some Chinese food. So what he does is he kills all of China and starts eating their skulls. Jeez. Right. <laughs> now, honestly, it, it's it's fucking weird that he just does all this stuff. He he, he batters up he batters Superman. Which is great. I hate Superman. He he, he, he nearly kills Superman. He destroys Batman. It's brilliant. No, right, well, that's, that's one I'm not too uh, familiar with. I'll have to check that out one of these days. Yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's move on. And one of my probably my favourite uh, portrayal of the Joker by uh, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Now, this is quite a different different take on the Joker because instead of um, Falling in the vat of acid and having uh, bleached 
hair and skin. He's uh, he actually paints his face white and dyes his hair green. Um, um, he's got like a Chelsea smile from some scarring, which uh, he he gives you a story. Well, two different stories too throughout the film, doesn't he? How mm. he how he got his smile. What what did you take on these? What did you guys think of these changes and this road they took? Fucking brilliant. It's it's this is this is the anarchist joker. I think it almost makes him worse that he's he's doing it, you know, he's he's sort of done it to himself almost. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean you look at it this one, he's he's as you point out, he's not he hasn't. He hasn't got the, the the typical Joker backstory. He's done this to himself and so on. And he, you look at it. He's only targeting banks and stuff like that. And he, uh, my favourite bit is when he goes to the when they're having a little group therapy session, as he says in broad daylight, and he tells him his plan is going to kill the Joker. He tells him that the the TV man's going to squeal and Batman's going to get him, and everything he says comes true. Mm. Um, and he, you look at. The, uh, let's put this in this film. All he wants to do is break Batman. He, Basically, and, yeah. Uh, that, that's what it is. You look at it as well. Batman lets six people die. Let's be honest here. Before Batman meets the Joker, he lets six people die. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Um, he, he's not as moral as, as he kind of lets himself on to be. Yeah, he might not sort of pull the trigger. Um, himself per se, but he doesn't always um, try to intervene to help either. Mm. If that makes sense. Oh. A bit like the end of the first one with Rachel Gould. I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. But it's it's almost as bad, really. Yeah, I agree. See, for me, I think he killed him. That he did kill him in that regard, and. Mm. In this one, it's just okay. You let six people die, and as Joker says, you surprised him. You surprised him with how many, as he says, you surprised at how many people you let die. And I mean, what what gets me as well is he when he when he kidnaps that Batman wannabe, and he you hear him torturing him on TV, mm. and it was a bit unnerving. You're seeing, oh great, here we go. <laughs> it is. I mean, I watched the the film in the cinema, and when. Um, the guy, the the Batman wannabe smashes against the window. <laughs> I jumped out of my skin. <laughs> I wasn't, you weren't expecting it to happen. I'm like, what the? <laughs> I was, I remember I was, how old was I? 2008, I was 13 when this film came out. And I went to go watch it with a bunch of friends. And we think I was just going to be a superhero film, better like that. But I remember the whole film. I just sat there with a grin on my face watching The Joker. And it's, I mean, it's an absolutely beautiful piece of cinema. The fact that Heath Ledger brought this this character to a, to a level I don't think we'll ever ever see topped. Yeah, he, he's um, he's more maniacal than ever, but he's he's also more grounded, which makes it even which makes him even more sort of scary and disturbing. Because mm. like anybody. You don't have to fall into a vat of acid to become the Joker now. Anybody could turn, become the Joker. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I completely agree with it. He's just, he's just a normal man. But 
Um, as, as as you said earlier, though, uh, Alfred said it best. He did, there's some people just want to watch the world burn. He doesn't want anything. I mean, you look at it. Look when he he, he kidnapped that lo- that loud guy, and he was mm. on top of all his money. And he says to this to, to the dude, "Oh, he care about his money. He he burns it all." Yeah. He doesn't care about money. He doesn't care about materialistic things. He doesn't care about having this, having that. All he cares about is bringing as much damage to everything as possible. Exactly. And then he um, he likes to play games, like when he captures both Harvey Dent and um, his love interest. Oh, what's, what's her name? What's the girl's right. name? The, Rachel Dawes, that's it. Just deluded me for a second. And yeah, he, he ties them up and... and uh, puts them in like separate warehouses and then tells Batman where Rachel Dawes is knowing he'll go to save her, but it isn't. He's given them Harvey Dent's location. So yeah, it's like, even then he was playing games. I mean, and mm. the perfect bit as well, when he was sitting there, he asked, he asked a copy regarding him. How many people have you, how many of your friends and the kids said six? And he tells him that he knew them better because he used a knife and people show who they really are. And he, he it's a guy, it's a fight out of him. And that's the thing, as he says to Batman, when Batman's beating him and punching him and absolutely wailing to him, he says, you have nothing, nothing to hurt me with all of your strength and everything, because Joker just doesn't mm. care. It's, it's brilliant to see that, that, that Batman, Batman's always relied on his strength and his ability to get it out of people. Joker, there, there's nothing there. There's nothing um, to use against him. Mm. And because of his actions, he, he pushes what was once a good man, Harvey Dent, um, into complete insanity himself yeah he does I mean and, and, and that's the thing is like joking I said when Joker played it perfectly he played that when well, he played Batman perfectly by saying he's a tell where Rachel is as you said and Batman's gonna go because he says the way you threw yourself after her and mm. I, it was brilliant and um, uh, the bit as well when he just I love it when he hits against that fight he takes the, the cop right side and he asks for his phone call <laughs> I could stop laughing because me and my brother watched The Dark Knight the other day it's the first time he watched it and he just he couldn't he was just in awe of the Joker and he when he blows up that obviously blows that dude up and he had a plan to get caught he knew what he was doing he wanted to get caught and everything like that which basically means he does have a plan he just doesn't tell people <laughs> <laughs> And then the experiment he did with the two boats. Yeah. Which was incredible. He's sort of hoping to bring people down to to his level, wasn't he? But, uh... yeah. I, 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 it made me laugh. Uh, he said, if you need something, you never do it. You have to do it yourself. And, obviously, when he's... Ha- and then that speech that he gives as well when... Batman saves, basically Batman pushes him off a building and then saves his life, but Joker's laughing at him going, you couldn't let me go you had to save me and everything like that, and he says I took Gotham's white knight and I brought him down to our level, regarding Harvey Dent mm. There's also a bit where I was alluding to earlier in the puzzle when I say they, say they sort of need each other, because the Joker sort of tells Batman at one point kill you, why would I want to kill you you complete me Exactly, and Batman doesn't. Batman doesn't want to admit it, but he needs the Joker. Mm. And 
I mean, the whole thing about this is Batman he wants to break Batman from being a hero into a vigilante. That's what he wants to do. And he he, he succeeds. Let's wait, he does succeed in a way. Yeah, because Batman ta- well, Batman takes responsibility for Harvey Dent's actions, doesn't he? And they yeah. uh, put an ATB on him and all that malarkey. Well, he does, mm. and then it's, it's, if I could go back to the Killing Joke as well, with how much Batman, because this does kind of tie in. Batman goes to Arkham Asylum and sits down with the Joker, and he says this line: "He goes, we need to figure out how it's going to end. It's going to end up with one of us killing each other." And it just shows that they have this weird dynamic relationship with each other. In this film, he just captures it perfectly. Mm. And it's such a shame that uh, Heath Ledger passed away not long after the making of this film because he would have come back for more by the signs of it. He was, I think, it was meant to take the sort of uh, scarecrow role in, uh, in the Dark in the Dark Knight Rises. From what really? I from what I gather. Scarecrow wasn't that already given to uh, no, oh, no. The, oh, the judge, the judge. He was going to be the judge and do you know be in those positions? What they, they, they put the scarecrow in in the end, but I think that was meant to be the Joker by all accounts. Well, that would have been the idea. It might have even had a more expanded role if he if he was still about. I was gonna say, yeah, because can you imagine the Joker being in there for like they bring back Heath Ledger's Joker just for like two seconds when he <laughs> that would have been shit, wouldn't it? You wouldn't you would want the Joker to be. Yeah, he might have. He probably would have done a bit more than that, but that was one of the that was one of the ideas, apparently. Oh, Jared Leto's going to complain and he's going to get to do it. No, oh, no. thank God! <laughs> but no, Liam, you you really say what? what uh, I felt I felt sorry, man. Talking talking a lot through there. What what's your take on the, on this Joker? Yeah, this Joker's this Joker's a very interesting one because again, like it's something I, I kind of noticed with like a lot of films kind of after like post 2001 post 911 a, a lot of films kind of go very very dark and i feel like this kind of started a trend particularly with a lot of superhero films <laughs> and I, I feel like the dark like this kind of joke it's like a perfect like what's it called he's the perfect example of, of this kind of movement that's kind of happened the shift is something that's just very very dark and so it's something that the dc kind of universe kind of tried to continue and yeah, it's it's a very interesting portrayal. And I, I feel like the conversation they have on vigilanteism and these kind of, you know, they're, they're they're the same coin but two different sides of it. And I, I think it's I, I think it's a fantastic portrayal. Did you see the uh, Did you see the Easter egg of the Dark Knight Rises about the Joker? Mm, what, what, sorry? I'm not the sure Easter. if I did actually. All right, so you know the bat, you, you know the statue of Batman that's unveiled at the end. All right, yeah. There's a, there's a Joker face when they did that when they go up to the top and there's the two eyes Joker in the middle and the smile. Which All is right. a, it was an odd. Look at that. I've never I never noticed that. I'll, I'll send you the picture now, but it was a nod to Heath Ledger. Ah right. I've seen that film a ton of times. I've never seen. I've never noticed that. His question uh, to you guys: Do you think? Um, how much do you think the Dark Knight would have worked without, um, like, Heath Ledger as the Joker? It, dep- it, it would have all depended on who, who came in for him. Because, who, as you who, said... Who did you choose, though? That's the question. No I don't know, because there was a lot of outrage and moaning when they initially cast Heath Ledger, was, wasn't there? Mm. Um, but, you know, he worked out 
really well in the end. So it's hard to say. You, you, you don't you don't know until the actor actually gets into the role. Well, yeah, actually, that's, that's a very good shout. Thing is, we all we all, we all knew how good an actor um, like Keith Ledger was. He he's been in fantastic films before, but this was this was something very out of his kind of. I I, I can't think of a role he's done similar to this before. No, it goes from being in Brobat Mountain to being the Joker. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, um, he's brilliant in Brobat Mountain, but yeah, he, oh, he's nothing, I guess. Um, by the way, I've sent that picture through Skype, so that is the joke. That is the Joker Easter egg. Right, I'll have to have a proper look at it when we when yeah, we've yeah. done recording. Um, it's it's a smile. It's it's a joke. It's a smile. It's, uh, it's an ode to the Joker. So oh, okay. Oh, I, I can kind of see that actually. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. So um, then we go from one iconic um, portrayal to another one with Jared Leto, guys. <laughs> yeah, not a, not for me. Not a not a great performance. The, He's the got all these of um of the Dark Knight trilogy. Pardon? I I meant the Batman films. Fuck, I, I'm really off my game today. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> You're a typical. Yeah. <laughs> it felt it felt to me they've gone almost hipster with this Joker because they're giving him all these like weird tattoos and I don't necessarily think that's a good fit for the Joker really no they make, they tried to make it goofy didn't they they tried mm. to fit because the film was trying to be like funny and edgy and it, yeah it, Suicide Squad was absolutely crap it's dire wasn't it it really was such a fucking mess it was it had it had the potential to be absolutely incredible well, here's a question for you, Ben. Do you think if this film had a lot more preparation, if it had a better writing, do you think Jared Leto could have been good in this role? No. I don't know. Uh, he's not really one of my favourite actors, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I struggle to see it, but you, you never know under the right circumstances. I, I, I just, I just, I mean, you're looking at the, the, the cast they had was incredible. Will Smith... Uh, Jared Leto, Margaret Robbie, Joel Kinnaman, Viola Davis, Joy Courtney, just to name a few. Um, it, it had the potential to be amazing. I think I take, I take one person I really liked in Suicide Squad was Killer Croc. I think he was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the was, Boomerang uh, guy was good as well, but they killed him off in short order, didn't they? Yeah. No, 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 Boomerang guy was alive. Uh, which one was it? There's one that killed, got killed yeah, early on, wasn't there? It's the fly dude. The man who flies away. He got killed. Uh. I mean, I'm just, I'm just like looking at the Joker. So in this, he's a crime boss. So this is this is completely different to what it was in the Dark Knight. He's a crime boss. It was supposed to be. And Leto describes him as nearly Shakespearean and a beautiful disaster of a character. Mate, mate no. And he said this. I took a pretty deep dive. Yeah, because it was shit. <laughs> I did, I did like the Lambo though. Yeah, the Lambo was cool. Oh God! Mm. Apparently, this year, uh, during filming, Leto never broke character. Well, yeah, but this, this and, is the thing. That, yeah, sorry, I should go on. And I mean, the ta- talk about tattoos. I completely agree. The tattoos were absolutely shocking, but the tattoos were added by um, um, oh, added by I think director, uh, no, the, the writer David Ayer, Ayer. He added the tattoos to bring him to make him look like a modernised gangster. What modern gangsters has this dickhead seen? Yeah, that's not what the Joker is, though, is it? It's just going completely against what the Joker's meant to be. 
They were just trying to make him hipper and cooler for a younger audience, basically, and it didn't work. To be be fair to David Ayer, he had six weeks to write the screenplay, which for a feature film was not a long time. No, it's not very long, is it? No, fair play. Wasn't Brian Singer supposed to do this? No, 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 Brian Singer's on the new one, hasn't he? I think it no, was... I thought it's James Gunn who's done the new one. James Gunn, yeah, he just ignore me. I don't know. What to, I'm talking about fucking ass right now. I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you look at it. The, the film was announced in 2009. Um, so um, Justin Marks was a screenwriter. David Ayer signed on to direct. He had to he wrote the film in 2014. He was brought on and he said he'd give us six weeks to write it. Surely the original script couldn't have been that bad. Nah, maybe it wasn't. Sometimes uh, directors and that have their vision, and if it doesn't live up to that vision, they'll uh, demand rewrites and stuff, won't they? So I, I, I have a feeling it was the studio. It, this feels like a film that had a lot of studio interference with. I yeah, mean, there's a hell of a lot of reshoots for this as well. So clearly, they weren't yeah. happy with what the original shoot kind of turned up with. I mean, I hated the whole Enchantress stuff. Uh, Cara Devine <laughs> can't act. This doesn't help. <laughs> can't. This doesn't she help matters. She, she cannot act as over her life. It's hilarious. I mean, I mean, she's not, I mean, to be honest, she's, she's not even particularly... I don't want to be misogynistic, but she's not particularly nice to look at. And I mean, I don't want to sound chauvinistic right, either, but if they hadn't stuck Margot Robbie in a pair of tight-fitting hot pants, I don't think that might, I don't think that film would have made half the money that it ended up doing. And to be honest, do you, do you think they realised this and just thought, basically, let's make Margot Robbie look like that? <laughs> it would not, not surprise me. I'm not, not, take, not taking a piss or anything like that. Gen- but she, was, she was the best acting wise, performance wise. She probably was the best thing about that film, in, I, in I, all I honesty, joking, joking aside. I found her so annoying, I have to be honest, though. Oh, you're annoying. It's, it's one of his performances. <laughs> like, you, you can see why people like, but I, just for some reason, it's never worked for me. I was like, okay. <laughs> for me, the thing is, that is, that is, she, that is Harley Quinn. Harley yeah. Quinn. Harley Quinn is meant to be annoying. You're meant to not. But then, I mean, just just, just go with it. Your reshoots all the time. I mean, Ryan Gosling was supposed to be the Joker originally, and to be honest, I would really like that. I'll yeah, that yeah, that'd be have been uh, interesting. You, uh, so, uh, and also, uh, well, there was supposed to be, uh, yeah, and also, this would be brilliant. Oprah Winfrey was supposed to be Amanda Waller. Oh, that would have been cool. <laughs> that would have been fucking... Um, to, to see Oprah Winfrey be a bitch. <laughs> to be fair, Viola Davis is probably one of the best. She probably gives oh. one of the best performances in the film. Oh, yeah, she's good. She was incredible. But then, I don't think... What, what what didn't help this film, though, let's be honest, was the DC universe at this point was crap. It's just yeah. a bit... They've gone a bit too dark. It worked for the Dark Knight trilogy, and Batman is, um, you know... Um, 60s show aside is quite a dark character but not all dc characters have to be um that dark no they don't well i, I mean they, they kind of like tried to copy marvel didn't they whereas that kind of that kind of happened almost a bit organically because they had a plan and they knew where they're going whereas DC kind of just kind of, they kind of rushed into it. A little yeah, bit they saw how much they saw how much the MCU was making and the, how well the Avengers film did, and they got into a, a rushed panic to try and compete with that and rake in the same sort of money, and it hasn't worked thus far. 
Well, you say, the thing, so you say that, Lynn, you say that about the MCU. I, I disagree. Um, the MCU only became good when Kevin Feige was brought in. I wouldn't say... Um, I mean, I, I, Iron yeah. Man was a good film. Yeah, but no, the thing is, Kevin Feige came in and he, he changed the MCU. He came in, he, came, he, he was there from the start, but as I said, he, he then got more involved and he took them on the direction of a going because let's be honest, the Incredible Hulk was absolutely dog shit. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that. But I, what so, I mean is that, but, you know, they had, a, they had a plan and they kind of slowly built it up to the Avengers. It wasn't just like, a, all right, two films, bam, trying to cram in all this kind of shit together. Yeah, I get, I get what Liam's trying to say. Yeah, I get that. I just think it, when, when he... But when when he took over, as and he started doing, he started taking a more hands-on role. I mean, look how good the films have been. I mean, you look at, um, I mean, Captain America with Soldier was great. Captain America One was, uh, um, I me. Mean, do you know? I think what, they were talking they were going to cancel Thor because of how bad Thor One and Two. Then then Ragnarok came along, and Ragnarok changed it. It mm. was pretty sure. Just to just to be fair, Kevin Feige was there from the beginning, so he he did also have sure. part in the Incredible Hulk as well. No, he was, but then as I said that he took a more he took a more hands-on role uh, as the as he started developing more. Yeah, that makes sense. I I, I mean I, I I don't really follow that stuff too closely, in fairness. Mm. I mean, do, do you know uh, this for, for, for Do you know that Kevin Feige was supposed to be on the Star Wars films and he, he didn't do it? I do not know that. We're, we're, we're getting a bit off track here. I know we um... are. Back, back to the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, have we got have we got much more to add before we get into our uh, end of pod rate ratings? Well, we we have one more final yeah. trail. Yeah. Whacking Phoenix. Oh yes, of course. I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> I think Whacking Phoenix's Joker film is incredible. Oh, it is actually. To joke it aside, it is a really good film in its own right but as we mm. discussed before we went on there it's it's not really the the joker per se is it but i i, I think that's a good thing though i i feel like i feel like this is the best origin film i've seen of of the joker and i and in fact i feel like when they kind of include bruce wayne it kind of becomes a bit it, it kind of it feels like a, a I think I think it would have been a better film without kind of without that kind of stuff in it. To be honest, well, no, it was going to happen. The Waynes were going to be in it. Set in Gotham. Thomas Wayne was he, he was going to be in it, stuff like that. And I think it it was it, it, it's a film about a man who, as he puts it perfectly, it's a society that's forgot about him, and he, he he's let down by so many people. He's abused as a child. His mom's an absolute maniac. Who abused him? As I said, and he, he, he's just trying to fit in. And every time, everything he tries to do, he gets ridiculed. I mean, you look at and beaten up. You look on the train, but he's, he's he's trying not to laugh, and he's got this condition. He tries to get it out. They beat him up. He fucking he snaps. It kills him. And that dance, it, it, it's kind of when he does it in the in the bathroom. It's like it's free. He realizes that I can I can fight back. I can do things. And then when he and then when he he starts realizing what he's done, and when he when uh, Robert De Niro's character shows his video taking the mick out of him, that breaks him because that was seen as his escape from the world. Mm. And just apps, and when he when his so called friend comes round and he kills him, and he lets the I mean I gonna lie yet I I, I laughed so hard when the, the little dwarf couldn't reach the door. <laughs> 
Bless you. But it, that, 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 was a, that, that was a test of how sick you are as a person. If you laughed at that, you are a sick person. <laughs> and I laughed. And, and, uh, I mean, the whole cinema laughed, to be honest with you. But it, it shows as well that he, he, he likes people that aren't perfect. I mean, if you read The Killing Joke or watch The Killing Joke, everybody in there is not a quintessential human. They're all different. They're all, um, as he would say, weird. And when he goes on the Murray Franklin show, and that speech at the end is fucking iconic, when he goes, you get what you fucking deserve, a bang in the head. That, that was incredible. That was the birth of the Joker. That, mm. A Joker that could be further on in the film. I loved it. Oh, yeah, as a as a film in its own right, I, I did enjoy it. But I think I think the Joker as um, a villain to Batman, I, I think he's better off without the a backstory. It's it's nice to have that mystery and sort of hmm. use your own imagination to what's caused him to be how he is. Well, what was the thing? This film isn't about Batman. It's about you know, it, it's about um, it, it it is about him. Or at least it's you know it's, it's kind of supposed to be. Well, what, what I think is very interesting, like it's very, it's not very influenced by the comics at all. It feels more influenced by like Taxi Driver. By, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's mm. a lot of Scorsese. It's a lot of eighties films. And and in terms, of, I I quite like that. I don't think it's as good as some of some of those films, but I like that kind of what they're drawn on from those back from that kind of era. I think what it did as well was it opened the stigma of mental health as well. The fact that there are people suffering out there. They do, I mean, they do get forgotten. And it's something that should not be forgotten. It's not a subject that should be swept under the rug. And I feel that it brought it to the forefront that there are people out there that suffer like this. And I mean, let's be honest, mm. they do suffer like this. And it, it does show you how the actions of others can sort of push you over the edge as well. Yeah, I mean, as I said, the Joker's the Joker's mantra is: "Well, all, all of us are one day away from being one bad day away from being like him." Mm. And that's what I think. Yeah, and, and as I said, that's why for me he's relatable. That's why I love him, and that's why I'm. Yeah, I, oh, <laughs> that's why I think he's incredible. Yeah, he's he's always been one of my sort of favorite villains. He's timeless. Mm. He mm. is. And I, I, I don't, I don't think you can say that about every any other villain. It terms of comic books. Yeah, he, he stood the test of time, and I feel like the changes, the changes that have kind of come with it, and all the like different characters and all the different betrayals. I feel like the cult of you know what this idea of, of being a Joker kind of is is a very fascinating kind of role. It, 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 I think it's almost comparable to a bit to Doctor Who. You know, people talk about who's but who's the best Doctor. And now, kind of people talk about, you know, oh, who who is the best Joker? Um, but I think what I think what we've touched on though is the fact is that we've what we've spoke about is five different incarnations of the Joker. There's not been one that's the same. I think the only I think the only ones that you can compare to each other are Mark Hamill's and Heath Ledger's. Yeah, possibly so. Actually, Wait, mm. I mean, you look at it, Heath Ledger's Joker would not have worked in the Joker film. Wacky no. Phoenix's joke would not have worked for the Dark Knight. Jared Leto's Joker doesn't work full stop. Um, Cesar Romero's Joker wouldn't have worked in Jack Nicholson's film. No. Jack Nicholson wouldn't have worked in Cesar Romero's. It's brilliant that they've they've managed to do five or six different incarnations of the Joker, and each one of them is completely different. 
Yeah, he's very sort of adapt adaptable to his surroundings and, and what you need, and they're simultaneously different, but in a way stay the same as well because they still retain that sort of same sort of manic psychoticness that he has. Yeah, and as you said though, I think not giving him a backstory, not knowing his name, his family, his origin, where he came from. It, it allows you to have that mysterious about him. It allows you to build a story with him mm. in, different, in different ways, like Heath Ledger's Joker and Wacky Phoenix's Joker and so on. It's brilliant. I love the fact he still doesn't have a name. Nobody knows his name. And it's brilliant. No. But nor should he ever have one. He's, I mean, well, I'd, be really, I'd be really upset if his name's Ken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Ken. Imagine that, imagine it. Oh, we're going to reveal the Joker's name. His name is Liam. Fucking hell. <laughs> so angry. Imagine Riso. I'd be even worse, in my, to be honest. Nah, Liam. I think Liam's worse. <laughs> nah, well, at least Liam's a good name, though. How's Liam? <laughs> Liam's Lee. a good name. What are you on about? No, no, no. It's basically just add another letter on the end of Lee. Well, it, it's it's Irish things. for William, Liam. That's well, actually short for William. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, short for Willie. Wow, that's great. Your name's you've named after a cock. <laughs> well, that that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that's, no, I just like the fact he has no name, and he's he, he, and I don't, I don't I totally I told him to be named as Ken. I can see the happy now. Oh, big Ken, how are you doing, pal? Someone, someone will listen to this, and they'll think, ah, that's it. <laughs> oh no! All right, Jesus. Yeah. All right, so um, I, I guess the final section is the rating. So, Reese, uh, as you haven't joined us before, we have five different um, categories which we kind of um, rate the Joker out of ten. So, let's go to the first one, and it is Fear Factor. So, Reese, out of ten, what are you saying for Fear Factor? Ooh, that's a good question. Depends on the, depends on which Joker. Um, well, in, in terms of overall, what are you saying? Eight. Eight. Okay, that's a, that's a decent show. Any particular reason why, or just do you think it's a nice kind of middle ground? Is G- is, how clever he is, the fact he doesn't give a fuck about who, who you are or what you are. And yeah, it's just, he's, he's, he's just perfect in that role. That's why he's that scary, because you just he's unpredictable. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Carl, what, what about you? Yeah, um, I would say an eight, and for the same sort of um, reason as Reese gave. And if you have like a clown phobia, I mean, I don't necessarily have a, a phobia of clowns, but I can see why people would see them to be scary. And yeah, oh, as you say, he's so unpredictable. He's capable of absolutely anything. It's uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think for considering how many portrayals there are, I think it's been. He's been. I, I think he's maintained a pretty solid fear factor. Um, oh, I, I that my favourite, my favourite the Joker actually is not. It's Mar, It's Martha Wayne as the Joker. If you ever get a chance, uh, read or watch Martha Martha Wayne as the Joker and Thomas Wayne as Batman. Oh, there we go. That's that sounds intriguing. The, uh, Joe Chill kill, Joe kill, kills Bruce, and they both react in a different way. Okay. Wow. Okay. Just something for listeners. What what yeah. were you going to go for a score, Liam? Sorry. Uh, I think I'm probably going to go for the same. To be honest, so I think that's a pretty good one. Um, in terms of oh, well, the next one, one sec. Sorry, I'm going to go. 
we all three agree on a rating. I know, bloody hell. Oh, now, now I want to change. Write this down, <laughs> date it. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> oh, all right. So the next one is complexity of character. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go for maybe. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a nine and a half. Now I'm gonna go for a nine. Um, I I feel like almost every single portrayal, there's a lot of enigmaticness to him, and even when they kind of go into his backstory, I feel like it's always very interesting. So I I think I'm gonna go for a nine. What what, what about you guys? Ten. Okay. It's, 10, a, 10. It's, a, it's a ten. I can't. Uh, Jared does bring it down a little bit, but um, but I'm going to completely ignore that Jared exists as a Joker, and I'm going to go with the ones I've seen that I like, and it's a ten. Very selective viewing there, Carl. What uh, what what category did you name? Sorry, Liam, I missed what you said. Well, if you listened, it was complexity of character. Ah, right. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Yeah, well, clearly I wasn't listening, was I? Yeah, I think I, I think a ten as well. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to him. There's a lot we don't know about him, uh, and yeah, there's just endless, as it showed in the in the Joker film. There's sort of endless depths there. Yeah. All right. Um, so this, this was a bit of a weird one. I, I don't really know what to think of this one. So in terms of power. I mean, he's, he's he's incredibly intelligent. He's not particularly physically impressive, powerful, you know, whatever, whatever I mean. I think I'm going to go for maybe a seven. Yeah, I, I don't know. What, what, what about you guys? It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a hard one to kind of... Is it... I agree. I mean, look, he's a human. He's yeah. Right, human. And he's got... I mean, granted, I mean, I've taught he does have power when he, he tricks a god. But... Um, I'd, I'd give him probably I'd give him a six, six and a half in terms of power. He's incredibly, he's incredibly intelligent. He's, he's dangerous. He's, he's, he's incredibly dangerous. He's unpredictable, but he's not. He, he's not like a Dalek in that regard, or like someone who actually has powers. Yeah, um, he hasn't got the sort of power like, as you say, a Dalek or Darth Vader, but. He's, manipulation is, you know, the way he manipulates people. That is a power within itself, and I don't. I think a lot of people can underestimate, um, well, how, you know, how you can sort of control and manipulate people in the right circumstances. I'd get, I'd say a seven. All right, so I'll, I'll give a six point five um, for an amalgamation of your scores. Um, all right, so the, the aesthetic. I feel like this is a. Oh, yeah, I feel I feel like this has, has to be like a nine or a ten for me. Ten. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go for a nine. Ten is perfect. Yeah, I, th- I think his um, his aesthetic, his look is just brilliant. The, the evil clown, it, you know, it's a look that's only been tweaked really um, over the years. Um, there's nothing more unnerving than that sort of fixed smile, is there? It's. Oof. Mm. See, I, I, I don't, are you going for ten as well then? Yeah, has it been? T- I, can't, I, t- I don't think it actually has been tweaked ever, has it? Well, as we as we alluded to on um, the Heath Ledger's joke, it was changed a little bit, wasn't it? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jared Leto yeah. doesn't really have the fixed smile, does he? He has that he has that stupid tattoo on his hand that he puts over his face, which just makes it even crapper. I forgot <laughs> about him. And I'm, I'm Jared Leto doesn't exist in my universe. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Right, so the last one I think is impact on pop culture. I, I, I feel like I, I feel I'm gonna go. For did you give it? Did you give a score for his look? Sorry, Liam. I think I gave it a nine. I think nine. Okay. What 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 makes it a nine and not a ten for you, Liam? Genuinely, genuinely asking, what makes it a nine? Is it just to not agree with me and Carl? Well, you probably no one. So, I mean, there's something which is not particularly terrifying about his look for me. What? Like, well, I, I don't be fine with cl- clowns. Right, Liam. Right, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck the cat. Have you heard about when he, when he, he ripped his face off and stitched it back on? Uh, I've seen that. I, that is a good one. I, I, like I said, he, he's a nine. It's not like he's a six or anything. He's, he's pretty high up there. He's not... Yeah, I mean, he's only one off a ten, Reese. It's all subjective. You, you're one of those people who complains about like a quarter of a, like a star in a star rating. Jesus Christ, mate. Oh, yeah, because I care about Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, anyway um, impact on pop culture, what are you guys saying? Uh, definitely a ten. Yeah, he's endured since 1940, for Christ's sake, and he's as popular now as he's ever been. Yeah. Is it? I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I'm a, I mean, to be honest, and I, I, as I said, I've got two tattoos of the Joker. Yeah, he's got tattoos. He's been on lunchboxes, posters. He's, you know, the, the merchandise and the money they made from Joker merchandise is obscene. I have a pair of Joker Converse. I have Joker Pit. I thought you were going to say condoms. <laughs> wow. That's a low of the tone, didn't you? I'm trying I'm try, I'm try to keep it above board, but no. <laughs> You're trying to keep it above board? Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm taking them all high grade right now. But, <laughs> but no, I've mean, never been said before. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, pop me, I've got all the Joker pop vinyls. I've got, I said, two tattoos. I'm, I'm a little bit obsessed with him, if you can't tell. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, do, 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 do you have any guesses of what the final score is for Joker? Ten, hundreds, millions. Was that of a hundred? So yeah, uh, let's go about ninety. Is it we've got to be about ninety-six out of a hundred somewhere in that ballpark? Surprisingly, mm. he's only on eighty-seven point five. Really? That's because of yeah. you. I, I I think it was um I think it was the power that let him down. Mm. But he he he's second overall just behind Vader. So um he, he's I mean, in very esteemed company. I mean let's be honest, Darth Vader is always gonna win. Let's be honest. Darth Vader <laughs> is the is the villain. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, he's he's only five behind. So it'll be a Darth Vader scored ninety two. Yeah, what, Vader in first. Well left Vader down? I'm in tr- I'm shocked. What was it? I think it's complexity of character. Yeah, Liam, because he's never seen uh, your Clone Wars and that. He, he only went to seven on complexity of character. Yeah, I, I, my, mine's mostly off the original one. The, um, the people. But other than that, other than that, he's got tens and nines. Carl, you, you allowed that man to give him a seven? <laughs> that's got to be fair. <laughs> if that's um, what he thought. Nah, man. That's, that's yeah. just... I, I, I demand VAR. <laughs> you have no authority here, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> I have the authority here. Uh, but, but, but actually, actually, whilst he's here, just for Reese's, um, just for Reese's insight. So I'm, I'm going to run you down the table. So we have Vader on 92, Joker on 87, Weeping Angels on 82. Oh. The Daleks on 79, and then Norman Bates is on 72. Yeah, I don't care about Norman Bates. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, nearly a month to do all these sort of villains you've never heard of, so I've, I've got to keep him. I know who Norman Bates is, just he's not scared. <laughs> I but, know, uh, I'm joking. I'm he, just he, taking he, the he piss. Um, Weeping Angels, I'm shocked, aren't above the Joker. They are absolutely fucking terrifying. They are, aren't um, they? Mm. I think complexity of character let them down a little bit, actually, because they haven't really got... And um, we couldn't really score them that high on pop culture because they've only been around 15 years. So it's a bit unfair to compare them to characters that have been around um, 60-plus years. No, I, I agree No, I agree with that. Listen, you know, Vader, uh, uh, I couldn't say what Vader's number one. Joker, yeah, I couldn't... Two. Weeping Angels, I would have had a little bit higher, probably 85, something like that. Daleks, I'm shocked it got so low. I'm seventy-two. I mean, 72 is very, still a very respectable score. Seventy-nine, score. it is. Seventy-nine, excuse me. Seventy-nine. So it's not that I, low. Again, it was complexity of the character because if you take Davros out of the equation, they're, they're just basically um, want to kill everything. There's, there's, yeah. There's, there's not really a lot of depth to the character. That's where they sort of fell apart. Uh, really. Yeah, I, I like the World War Two segment when the Winston Churchill there. They actually went there to infiltrate and pretend to be good. I like that bit. Oh, mm. you, you, you like, mean by iPod Daleks? Yeah, I also liked when they... Yeah, that let them down a bit as well, I put that <laughs> I liked when they come out as the Teletubbies, when they decided to... <laughs> that was good. Um, oh, no, now the Davos has, has the, the human dialect storyline was really good. Yeah, well, we decided not to include Davros with, with this either, which I think kind of let it down. Because we might, yeah, we might do a separate one on Davros, that's why. But... Um... <sighs> But yeah, any, anyway, so that, that was, um, I was going to say that was Bantam Meaning. That was, this has been Rogue Galleries. So, um, guys, what, what are your plugs? Rogue Chronicles, Liam. Rogue Chronicles. Doesn't oh. even know the name of his own bloody he wanted, to call it, he wanted to call it Rogue Galleries. That's why. He's trying to, he's trying to shoehorn his own agenda. That's bad. That, Liam, that's, that's gopping. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, anyway, your plugs, guys. Right, you can find me at Carlos underscore Fire eighty at Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at Rogue underscore Opinions on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on all good podcasting platforms. Uh, you can find me at Twitter also ninety five. Find me at Twitch. I'm now an affiliate on Twitch. Yay! Uh, you can find me at Five where I play FIFA and Batman and other games, and I abuse Liam when he comes on. But yeah, that, that's my plugs. Right, um, and, um, Liam. And you can find me um, crying outside of a local bar waiting for it to open. <laughs> you go to fucking churches and garden centres. Stop pretending to be hip and cool, okay? Well, yeah, they don't uh, let you in anyway because you look about 12. And you walk, no, and you walk, like, and you walk like a giraffe. Well, I, I, I said, they think I'm drunk already, so I, I, I kind of have to get there early. all right well that's it from me everybody goodbye oh i got a live one here